Fresh back from Orlando, Florida, we have Dr. Patrick this morning speaking on Always Do Your Best, the Fourth Agreement. Thank you. If, if you'd like to stand while we sing, please feel free. If not, you can keep dozing or stay seated, one or the other. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room in very room. So I invite you to know with me as we move this song into this song that truly is our prayer, a declaration of the truth of our being and the awareness of the, the deep and unbroken connection with spirit that all of us have the opportunity to live in and to nurture and to develop it at deeper and deeper levels, ways of being. For our nature, the divine nature is an individualized expression of that infinite nature. It is universal, it is non-local, it is everywhere in general and nowhere in particular. And as we call it forth into our experience, we particularize it in our own being. So I open myself to this in this moment and invite you to step through that threshold of consciousness with me in this moment, that that life, that infinite divine presence is my life. It is your life. And so each and every time that I dip into that well of awareness and choose this idea, my life is transformed like a grain of sand, one more grain of sand that drops into the foundation of my being and the truth of my being. And so we come together today in celebration, allowing the music and the words and the fellowship and the vibration of the Most High to guide us, inspire us, and lift us up in ways that for us individually are, are not possible. But the collective, the love and the energy that is present here and now becomes that beautiful, rich opportunity for community, for celebration, for recognition, for it is truly in our relationships that so much of the beautiful grace and joy and opportunity lies. So I thank you for your deep, deep recognition of the truth of your being, for coming to forth today and sharing that with everyone. Whether they speak to you or not, who you are speaks so loudly. It doesn't matter what you have to say. I give thanks for this beautiful day, the blessings thereupon. I celebrate all of the wonderful Canadian athletes who have, who have excelled, all of the great Olympians that have excelled so beautifully in this Olympic Games, celebrating the, the, the finest and the elite efforts of the physical form, the spirit and the emotional nature, and the, the inspiration of watching people pursue their passion and their commitment through their practice and through their repetition and through their devotion to something that they're called to do and to share and inspire and lift all of us up. 
And so I give thanks this day for that and so much more. For all the great spiritual people that have come across our mind's eye of awareness that have lifted us up, as is Don Miguel Ruiz, as is the great teacher from, from Nazareth, from uh, the Buddha nature, all of the great avatars. We celebrate them here and now. And I give thanks knowing that their nature is my nature. It is your nature. And for this I give thanks. And together I invite us to say, and so it is. Amen. Good morning. Boy, how many guys got up at five, or ladies got up at five this morning to watch the game? I was there. I was watching too. I had, I had it on mute because I had to write my talk. So a little bit of hockey reference here today, but it's just because I couldn't separate the two. But always exciting. You know, what an exciting time of year and to celebrate that and to, uh, and to witness that. It's such a great testimony to possibility and, and all the things, really, in many ways, that, that we're called to in our spiritual experience, our, our spiritual journey. So always doing your best. This wonderful book by Don Miguel Ruiz, which is, in, I don't, I'm not sure how many printings it's been in the Four Agreements, but it's been reintroduced um, with new graphics and new uh, fonts and things. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, simple uh, set of practices that guide it's an opportunity to guide us to a deeper awareness of, of our, the truth of our being. All of us, I believe, the majority of us, want to expand in love and creativity. I believe that that's, that's something that we're tripwired for, to expand in love and creativity and to explore our spiritual nature. So there's something within us that, we, that calls us here. You know, we, we get up on these, you know, I, as uh, Reverend Connie said, you know, just back from Orlando, Florida, it's not that much warmer in Orlando, Florida than it is here. <laughs> just a few degrees. And I checked before I left because I know what that's like to come back when it's really cold. And it was going to be, it was going to be five degrees, right? Or, um, minus, actually, was, yeah, it looked like five when I left and I got back and it was like minus, um, yeah, minus 20 or a little more. And um, I took that personally for a moment, I just want to tell you. <laughs> I was disappointed. But all of us, all of us truly want to expand in, in love and creativity and explore our spiritual nature. And, so, and we're drawn to certain things. We're drawn to different modalities. We're drawn to different teachers. There's th certain things that strike a chord with us that, that pull us in. And all of that stuff is good. I mean, it doesn't matter what tradition that we have followed. It, it, all of it is geared towards the discovery of self. This example reminded of the story, a little Jewish boy moves to a town in the Midwest and it's all Christian. And he's in class one day and his teacher decides that, that she, she really wants to impress upon him uh, what, what type of environment he stepped into. So she asks other students in the class to come forward and talk about the greatest man who ever lived. And so a little boy goes up and says, well, I believe that it was George Washington because he was the founder of our country. And she says, thank you, that's not quite the person I'm looking for, but we'll try again and bring somebody else up. And another little boy says, well, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln because he was such a great man and he helped free the slaves and, and on and on and on. And she said, well, that's a very good man too, but that's not quite what I'm looking for. And so the little Jewish boy figures out what's going on and he stands up in, in his seat and he says, well, I believe it is Jesus Christ. And she just says, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. She says, come on up front here. And he says, yeah, I believe it's Jesus Christ. And she says, here, in, in recognition of your, your awareness and, and being able to come up with the correct answer, I want to have you to have a lollipop. So he gives him a lollipop, and he goes back to his seat, and recess happens, and he's sitting out in, at a recess out in the field with everybody playing, and this, another Jewish, little Jewish boy that's in his class as well walks up to him and says, well, you know for a fact that Moses was the greatest man that ever lived. 
He says, well, I know that and you know that, but business is business, as he sucked on his lollipop. <laughs> Rumi says that you, are, you and I are the unconditioned spirit, the unconditioned spirit trapped in conditions. We are the unconditioned spirit trapped in conditions. Like the sun in eclipse, our wisdom self, our higher self, has its roots in the unseen world. In Orlando, uh, Jean Houston came and spoke, and she's an amazing, amazing woman. She's 77 years young. She said, I still consider myself 14 years old, and had wonderful stories, told wonderful, you know, and she's just quite the keynote speaker. But she talked a bit about the quantum field. She talked about this unseen, as, as, as Rumi says, that our higher self has its roots in the unseen world. And, and, and so all of us, what I believe, so I've been doing a, a bit of reading, especially reading that I haven't done. See, somebody's really excited about the reading that I've been doing. But, but, but talking about the, um, the unseen world, and in that unseen world, um, and referencing that, Part of us, what I've been reading lately, and it's from a variety of sources, it isn't from one, but after the John of God experience of going down there and being in the quantum field, the people ask me, what's it like? And I say, well, it's a, it's a palpable experience of unconditional love. And it's very, it's very indescribable because you're, you're drawn out of sort of your habitual patterns of thinking, at least I am, and I think that's true for a lot of people that have that experience. And your place in, a, in the quantum field, and by that I mean the time and space sort of shift and change. And, and what you know to be sort of facts and solid things in your life are a little more wobbly. But it's, it's really, a, when you're in that, that environment of unconditional life, love, uh, it just feels... Uh, quite a bit different, and I believe that we create a bit of that and we nip at that, we nip at the spirit here, we, we nip at that experience within our community because we recognize it, we call it forth, our, the first practice in our prayer work is that we recognize this presence of love and light, this, this divine presence, and then we, second step is we claim it as our own. And each time I know I do that, I'm shifted a bit, I'm changed, I'm lifted up, I'm, I'm, something melts or dissolves, and sometimes I have to work with that very idea to, to reach that point, but I step into that quantum field a bit. But what I'm understanding more and more is that an ancient wisdom tells us that we incarnate, our soul incarnates. So there's a spiritual nature within us. But part of us stays with source. See, our, our soul is quantum. It's not like our soul is just here all the time. Our soul is connected to that infinite presence. And part of our soul does not incarnate with the rest of this this human experience. And so it makes sense to me then our intuition would be fine, finely, more finely tuned. You know, when you, when you talk about the great uh, teachers that have come down through the ages, they seem to be in a much higher relationship with their, the source of all life, and all of them described it in a different way and used different language. But it was immediate. It's that intuition. It's, it is a, there's a process of recognition without mental process being involved. It's just simply a knowing. But this idea, so we are larger than just this container. There's an unseen world that I think is actually far grander and bigger than just what we can do in this form and what we perceive and touch and smell and, and taste and hear and all of the five senses. So I know that, and, and in the discovery of this, we start to, to understand our roots in that unseen world. And you know, all of the, the mystics and all the great spiritual teachers have talked about this in different ways. But what I know about this is that 
for myself and for you and for all of us is that if we see conditions in the world, or we see conditions in, the, in our lives that we'd like to change, then we have to change our perception or, or our attitude towards it. I mean, and that's, just, that's just simple. And that's just, you know, that's the human development movement. That's the Tony Robbins of the world and, and all the other great programs that are out there. We'll talk about it, shifting an attitude. But what I believe is, is, is even more rich and wonderful is to step into that co-creation with spirit. So it's one thing, one, one phase of it is to step into responsibility and understand if there's going to be a change about anything that I'm experiencing, it's up to me. But the other part of it is, as we deepen, is to understand that this life truly is, this life of the infinite, God's life, spirit's life, the divine life, is my life. And that's different than just simply shifting an attitude. But both are required on the journey. It's not either or, it's both and. And I would say many times people have the mystical experience, and, and, and if the attitude doesn't change, they'll, go right back to, they'll, they'll default right back to what they know. So it requires both. There's many layers to it. But the great thing is, is that we all, you know, our success with this, our reaching the destination is, is assured. It's a guarantee. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to, I'd like to cooperate enough in my own life, in my own being, so that I can help move that forward, that experience forward. So in Don Miguel, he has the four agreements. We have the four agreements because what I think it does is it allows us a healthy distraction it allows us a way of being in our lives so that we, and having, having agreements or covenants that we reach with ourselves that, uh, that distract us in a more constructive and productive and creative way. Because our divine nature is to live in freedom. It's to, to be happy. Anybody here happy today besides me? See, look at that. Room full of happy people. Oh, see you guys next week. It's awesome. But, I, but truly, there are a lot of people in the world who would not raise their hand. And because, because we, they, they feel trapped in conditions. And so it's not a judgment. It's not saying they're bad and wrong. It's just simply realizing that, that they don't realize the opportunity that is before them. And when I find myself struggling or, in, or making agreement with struggle, it's, it's, it's through spiritual practice, it's through mentorship, it's through reading spiritual things that lift me up, that reminding me that this isn't an obstacle, it's an opportunity that help me work with that more effectively. But that takes time, it takes practice. And so what, what um, Don Miguel's talking about, first, the first agreement that we talked about the first week of this month is to be impeccable with your word, to speak with integrity, to say only what we mean, and to avoid using words to speak against ourselves, because we're really good at that. I, I can be really good at, 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 at diminishing who and what I am. And what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing then is I'm not aligning myself in co-creation, I'm, I'm moving into separation. Because the reality is there's only spirit. There's only God. God is expressing in and through and as every person on this planet. Some are aware of it, some aren't. Some of it are in complete darkness about that. Some feel, you know, I was reading a, uh, reading a wonderful book by Lawrence Wright called The Looming Towers, and it, it, it tracks the legacy of how, we, how the, this deep-seated resentment and hatred was established by the, um, the Muslim community and, and how terrorism from that particular group, and not all Muslims, but for that particular group started. And it's fascinating what that culture has done because they believe that God is all there is. I mean, they're in, to, in total support of, of this idea of divinity. What they don't understand is that, that, uh, that, that our connection with one another is, is, um, is, is part of that. And that we can, and to express our love in a way and to bring creativity and opportunity and possibility to the world. And, and a lot of that is, if, if, 
very little of it is alive and available in that culture. So young men grow up and there's, they have no opportunity for creative expression. And Dr. Holmes said in his brilliance, we are here to express our gifts, to identify our gifts and share them. They don't have that opportunity. So it's this suppression, 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 and love God at all costs. Well, that's one piece of it. But if our divine, so to not understand our infinite, inherent divine nature wants to express that is the God within us, that is the goddess within us, that is the spirit within us, then we're, we're denying the truth of our being, which is further expression and further, further uh, celebration of life. And to, and to do it in ways, but everything in that culture, when you take it to the far end of it, um, is diminished and discounted and not allowed. So it's, a, it's, it's an interesting. So the, so the devotion to spirit is one piece of it. And that is our free choice and our, and our identification and taking on the nature of spirit. And the nature of spirit is not one of suppression. So it's so important, I think, to be able to, to understand. And it takes wisdom to understand. It's not one piece. It's not one prayer. You know, it's a series of prayers that we build in our own. And, and prayer is just simply that invocation that reminds us, the words that remind us of who and what we are. So it's being impeccable with that. So when I'm discounting myself and when I'm denying the reality of my, my humanity and, and, and pulling things up and being authentic with myself, I'm doing the same thing. I'm suppressing that divine nature. And I do it through negative, yeah, that negative internal talking. And that conversation can go on in my head. The word, our word is a tool of magic. Our word is a, is a seed. And so the opportunity is what kind of seeds are you and I planting? So it's a very powerful, and, and as Don Miguel says, you get the first, the first agreement down, everything changes. Being impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personal. The dream of projection. Anybody here ever take anything personal? I was, we were flying to Orlando and we got to Minneapolis. We were at the Edmonton airport and the lady says, your flight's canceled. And so I called Leslie Paul, who's a travel agent, and said, what should I do? Flight's canceled. And, she so, and so we could get to Minneapolis, but we couldn't fly into Atlanta because they had a snowstorm. They get a foot of snow in Atlanta, and they can't handle planes. I don't understand people like that. They should move to Canada is all I have to say. Come on. Man up down there. Anyway, so the lady at the counters, I said, what should we do? And, you know, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. Laura and I are standing there, and we're really looking sharp and ready to go because, you know, you get up at 2 to get there in time. And... Uh, if you went to bed at all. And the lady says, I would fly as, as far as I can, as fast as I can. I thought, hmm. That's interesting. So I said to Laura, we're supposed to fly as far as we can, as fast as we can, even though we can't get there. What do you think? And she said, well, let's just go home and go to bed. <laughs> so instead, we flew as far as we could, as fast as we could. And we got to Minneapolis, and the Atlanta airport was still shut down. And so we spent the night in Minneapolis. And I grew up there, so I got to see my brother that night, and it was great. But, you know, there's part of you that wants to take it personal. You know? It's not, you know, it's, I, mean, I mean, it's silly, but some people would take that personally and, and, and be frustrated and all that stuff. It's like, you know what? This is what it is. We're here safe. And you continue your trip. But how many times do we take things out of context and we make it about us and personal and all these things? It's, and, it's the, and when we understand how people project their unhealed issues upon us, uh, it's so freeing. It's so freeing. The third, the third agreement is don't make assumptions. Instead of you know, reaching a conclusion about things, but to, to ask questions, to inquire. It's so simple, but many times we just, I, and I do the same thing. I can jump to uh, conclusions about something that I have very little information about, but I've got enough information to, to develop a really, really sound assumption in my head. 
And so to live in that freedom of understanding, well, maybe I don't have all the information here. What's going on there? What's happening here? And maybe what, what, what the, the, the greater good that is seeking expression, I might not be in touch with that. I may not know that. So can I support what's happening in a way that, and I, I'm talking now, but organizationally, I look at our organization. I'm a member of the leadership council. And I realize that many times there's things happening that I, totally, I don't understand and I don't expect, and yet maybe this is the way change happens. This is, me. This is how we evolve. So let's be part of that and let's and nurture it and, and, and that sort of thing. But to ask questions. And then we get to always doing your best. And always doing your best is great, as Don Miguel said, because it's, it's about action. Always doing our best is always about action. And so he puts it at the end because if I choose to be impeccable with my word, then I'm not gonna gossip and criticize anymore about others or myself. And I agree that I'm always gonna do my best. When I catch myself gossiping, I can stop and do, my, and do better with it. It's at the early service. Did you notice our new awning out there? Beautiful new awning. It covers our handicap ramp. If you haven't seen it, it's right out here. It's beautiful, beautiful. And Doug Kelly was the guy that had the idea. We're like trying to figure out what to do. Should we put a roof on this thing? Because as you've seen, we, have, we are world class. We have an elite capacity within this community to develop icicles. Have you ever seen that? When it, everything melts and they hang down and I'm watching school kids come by with a stick and they're banging. I'm like, oh, please. Keep hanging there. But anyway, to eliminate that, and Doug Kelly said one day in a meeting, we were talking, and we had Doug, and he said, just, just call the t- uh, Edmonton tent an awning and order an awning. I thought, wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> it occurred to me, you know, because I'm, I, I you know, I'm an old carpenter. Everything's got to be wood and nails and tar paper and shingles. Just order an awning. So Vern comes out from Edmonton tent and awning. And Vern, let's say Vern, is an, he's very experienced with this. In fact, Vern was on the ark with Noah, from what I can tell. <laughs> he has been doing tents and awnings as long as tents and awnings have been around. And he walks up and he says to me, you and I have something in common. And shook my hand and I said, hmm, okay, what's that? And he said, we're both men of the cloth. <laughs> I knew I liked this guy right away. I was buying an awning from him, whether we could put one out there or not. We're just going to auction it off somewhere. Yep. The beautiful thing about always doing our best, so we, 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 we make um, agreements to, to be impeccable with our word. We make agreements to not assume so much. We make agreements to not take things personally. And that becomes our action. And so we're, we're not required to be perfect. We're not required that we have to get this right one time or we never get to take another shot at it. We just simply have to bring our best to it each and every time. And then each and every time, we unravel it a bit more. We just unravel it a bit more. And so maybe our practice is, you know, maybe our practice is to tell stories about another person. We've made an assumption, and then, of course, our assumption becomes gossip. So maybe to, to move out of that, we decide, well, you know what? I, I can't stop gossiping yet, but I'll gossip good about them. You know, we just shift the, the, the nature of the gossip, whatever it may be, but it's always about bringing new awareness to practices because what this does at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want. I mean, that's the good part about this whole teaching and the bad part, part about this whole teaching. If you don't show up on Sunday, I was raised that if you didn't show up on Sunday, I was going to hell forever. So I believe that till I was about 16 and I got my driver's license. 
But I don't have hell to send anybody to. I don't have any of those sort of exterior conditions and, and, and threats that sort of manipulate people into behavior. We've grown beyond that as a culture. Ernest Holmes said we have, we have, we have suffered enough. We've learned enough through suffering. And I believe that's true. We're here by divine right appointment. We are here to honor our divinity. And so as we open to that, and, and these practices can help us move into that, then we become more available to the truth of our spiritual nature. Our spiritual nature then, as we deepen in it, we connect with it, we're more, it's more available. And when we lose ourselves in the distractions and we go back into patterns that don't serve us well and don't serve one another well, we have the mindfulness to bring ourselves back and say, you know what, I want to do my best with this. I want to just do my best with this. And so my best changes all the time. And that's a really good thing. I mean, that's a wonderful thing because it is ongoing. And, it, and, and, and he does, Don Miguel goes on and on in this book about forgiveness. And it's so important. I think forgiveness has to be a daily practice. It has to be a daily practice in my life because I find myself judging myself all the time where I feel like I could have done better or I, I, I come up short or, you know, all of these things, the agreements that I make that then I, I don't fulfill them and then I got to go back and renegotiate. But to beat myself up, he says in the book, in the first chapter, in, in the four agreements, we're the only species on the planet that continues to punish ourselves over and over and over again for something, a mistake that we make. You know, we went through the wild animal kingdom in, in uh, the Orlando. I, it's amazing there. All the Disney stuff is just amazing. But you know, those animals, they, they have an encounter. A water buffalo has an encounter with a lion. They don't live the rest of their life based on that encounter. You know, the water buffalo has the experience with a the lion. They're on to the next thing. They don't keep going over to the other water buffaloes and talking about this lion that came along. No, they're looking for something to eat or something to drink or a, 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 some shade to lie down, whatever. But we are the only species that decides we've made a mistake and now we're going to punish ourselves for it. And it's a very popular idea. It's just not productive. It, it, it pulls us into separation. So, and those are the agreements. We make an agreement with struggle. And so, believe me, I, I, I want the best for you, but I can't fix that for you. But what I can do is I can continue to do my own inventory and figure out where I've made agreement with struggle. Where I've made, the, I've made a decision that I've got to do this in order to have that. When Jean Houston was speaking, she's 77 years old, and she talked about Deepak Chopra. And I didn't know this about Deepak. And, you know, he's got wonderful books, and I love him, and he comes to town, and, and I was reading his Way of the Wizard, uh, picked it up this morning, and I was, I was looking through it. But when Deepak was a little boy, his grandmother would say, and, and you know, in the Hindu tradition, they have a, a variety of gods that represent qualities of God. They still believe in the one God. They are monotheistic, but they, it confuses people because they have Shiva, and they have Vishnu, and they have uh, Hanuman, and all these different uh, qualities of God. And they have statues, you know, of all these different people. But when, when Deepak was a little boy, his grandmother would say, Deepak, you are Shiva, you are Shiva. And Shiva represents the feminine energy and it represents love. And he'd say, I am Shiva, I am Shiva. And Deepak, you are Vishnu. And he'd say, I am Vishnu, I am Vishnu. Deepak, you are Hanuman. And Hanuman is the character that has his heart, he's torn his heart open and his heart is just there. He's a, and he's characterized as a monkey because he's also a trickster. But anyway, on and on and on. And so Deepak, at a very young age, was told he was these qualities. And, and, and so, uh, and she talked about a friend of hers that, that at a very young age accepted the fact that she was lucky, fortunate. 
Always good luck. Followed her everywhere she goes. And she talked to her friend and said, why do all these good things keep happening to you? She says, because I agree with, I've made an agreement with luck and good fortune. What an idea, huh? Hmm. And what have I made agreement with? What have you made agreement with? Because the infinite can only respond to that which we give it. It is in the subjective nature of our being. So it's always interesting in class because we talk about the objective nature of spirit and that every word that we speak, every, the sum total of our, our tendencies of consciousness impress upon this infinite quality of the infinite to always agree with us. So if we believe that we are victims, we go into victim. If we believe that we're going to be betrayed, we'll find people that will betray us. And on and on and on it goes. But the same is true if we believe that we're fortunate and lucky, that all the doors of opportunity are constantly just opening their, 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 uh, themselves to us. But isn't it interesting? And so when we take these agreements and realize, well, I want to be impeccable with my word today. I want to start making an agreement with good fortune, with great health, long life, productive, wonderful life, creative opportunities, creative expression, wonderful resources so I can travel the world and I can do the things I want to do and I can support the, the causes that I believe in. You know, how many of us are in strong agreement with that? And probably not, not as strongly as we'd like. So does it mean that we fail? Does it mean that we should stop and just give up and continue to be victimized? Well, that's a choice, and a lot of people, it's a very popular choice. I find that choice a, a bit disappointing. I find it more interesting to realize that there's, that there's an opportunity for me and you to, to impress upon this infinite intelligence a new idea, a new possibility to break the habits of the old agreements. So if I've been in agreement with struggle or lack or limitation, to break it. Well, how do I break it? Well, I bring new practices into my life. When we were in um, Orlando, uh, Austin Vickers presented as well, and, and we showed Austin's movie here, a wonderful movie called The People Versus the State of Illusion. And he did a wonderful hour and a half uh, keynote for us one evening. And he talked about the youth. He talked about the young people coming forward. And he said that, he, he asked us, what do you think is more effective for a, uh, a 12 or 13-year-old to be home reading a book or a 12 or 13-year-old to be home drinking beer and playing a video game? And, of course, everybody's like, for the book. And he said, and he was using this, this will come out happy, so I'm not endorsing 12-year-olds uh, drinking beer, okay? Just bear with me a second. But the point he was making, he said that what we don't understand with this new generation is they are so fast making split-second decisions that it's, it's, a, it's a more potent form of learning for them. And he said, well, I bring in the alcohol because what happens when, you're, when you've had a, a bit of, of, uh, of alcohol, there's a the process in the brain opens up. And what you're learning has a, a capacity and an impact to really seed itself more fully. So... Not that we're going to start drinking beer while I do a talk, but that just occurred to me. Maybe I'll drink beer while I'm doing a talk. I hope that's received in the humor with which it was intended. I am getting this filmed right now, so the home office could be visiting any day now. But the point is, is that the same thing happens when we have a meditation practice with our minds. Why should we meditate? Because it opens us, that opens that portal to the infinite. And if it's five minutes of meditation a day, good for you. If it's one minute, it's better than none. 
There's a great story in here where, and, and Don Miguel says, you know, when it's not about meditating for eight hours, this, this student goes to the master in the book, and he says, uh, Master, if I, if I meditate two hours a day, how long will it take me to reach enlightenment? And he says, well, probably about mm, seven or eight years. He says, well, what if, I, what if I meditate eight hours a day? He says, it'll probably take you 20, 20 years. And the point he's making is we're not just here to sit in meditation all the time, but to have some of it in, in our life so that we can allow some of this stuff that floats up that is just nonsense in our heads to be looked at and say, no more. That represents struggle for me. I live the most fortunate, productive, abundantly creative and, and, and financially abundant uh, life that is possible. And then allow this infinite intelligence to reach agreement with us on that so we can move into that. And so what I want to be impeccable with is that idea. And when I find myself going back into struggle and limitation, competition, blame, shame of myself or others, I, I realize, you know what? I can do better than this. I'm going to bring my best to this, and this is not it. So it's not, there's nobody out there punning, punishing us or judging us. We do it to ourselves. We are, Dr. Holmes said we are, we are punished we are punished by our sins, not for our sins. In other words, that we set in motion things by the sum total of our, 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 uh, the impress of what we put, thoughts we put upon this infinite law, what we dwell upon. And it doesn't mean we, we deny reality. There's struggle in the world. There's problems in the world. There are people that, that are not awake and aware in the world. But what I want to do is I want to stand with enough clarity and, and, and integrity of the truth of my being so that, like I, that you, we all become a magnet for great good in our lives. And so the things that show up in my life that don't line up with what, what my ideal is and what I impress upon it are my opportunity to look at it and dismantle it. My opportunity to shift my perception. Don Miguel says that if you see conditions in the world that you don't like, then shift your attitude about it. And then start to move down that spiritual path of unfold, unfoldment and realization of who we are and whose we are. You are the thing itself. You are the, in Deepak's book that I was looking at this morning, he said he grew up around all these holy men and they would come into his house and they'd be in robes and their eyes would just sparkle and they didn't seem to be affected at all by the world. It's called The Way of the Wizard. I'm looking at using it for a book of the month. But he talked about the way of the wizard. And so as a kid, he, was, he said, I believed in wizards because I saw these men come into my home. And they were, they were in a different conversation in their interior being of their devotion to spirit. And I think it's possible to live more and more in that relationship and still be in the planet, still do our work, still face our challenges, still do the things that we want to do. That's what's awakening on the planet. We've got a whole generation of kids that are being, that we've plowed the ground. There's a generation coming behind us that we've plowed the ground in consciousness, giving birth to things that we cannot even imagine. So it's, it's exciting to be alive and to nurture this and I think many times we don't realize how impactful it is just to be a light in this world, just to be the presence of love and light, and to look at the world and realize that if people are, have issues with you, it's their unhealed issues. Yeah, we all have our work to do. Let's be about that business. Let's look at, let's do our own house cleaning and continue to do that. Oh, but that's, I mean, that's the nature of it. Those are the loving indicators to say that, that there's, there's more, that you can do better and I can do better. And then if we, and we realize, wow, that's great. There's a new way to look at this. This isn't a problem. This is an opportunity. I want to ask Kevin to cue up a, a video, and it's about happiness. 
And it's wonderful. It's, I was going through my emails uh, this morning, actually, and I found this video someone had sent me about three years ago. and said, maybe you could use this on a Sunday talk. And I just thought, wow, look at the synchronicity of this. Here's this beautiful video. And then I've got a meditation. I'm going to bring, I invite Brown to come up and doodle under with this with uh, Holy, the song we've been using. But uh, Kevin, can you cue that up? And I'm going to read it because we are... We are um, on the podcast, and people that you know, won't be able to see this, but I want to have it on the tape. So it's called The Road to Happiness. It's the happiness created by B.J. Gallagher. I believe that happiness is my birthright as well as my responsibility. And I commit to claiming it. I believe that happiness is here and now. And I commit to awakening to it. I believe that happiness is a choice. And I commit to choosing it. I believe that happiness is a habit and I commit to cultivating it. I believe that happiness is free like rainbows, sunshine and air and I commit to revealing it, reveling in it. I believe that happiness is always available no matter what others are doing and I commit to creating it. I believe that happiness is an inside job, not dependent on money, fame, or possessions. And I'm committed to bringing it. I believe that happiness is an attitude of gratitude. And I commit to giving thanks. I believe that happiness is in action. And I commit to generating it. I believe that happiness is contagious and I commit to sharing it. I believe that happiness is a prayer uniting me with the universe and I commit to offering it. I believe that happiness is my calling. I must be the happiness I wish to see in the world. Thank you, Kevin. Beautiful words. And I'm going to invite Brown to come up and play underneath this. I invite you to close your eyes. This is in Don Miguel's book to dovetail on that beautiful declaration of happiness. What are we in agreement with? What are you and I in agreement with? And this is on page 132 in this book. And it's very short. It's, it's called, the chapter is called Heaven on Earth. And so as you breathe in and breathe out, and I know your higher wisdom self is fully available here and now because we invite it we, and we declare it so. And it begins, I imagine that, you, imagine that you have permission to be happy and to really enjoy your life. 
you have permission to be happy and to really enjoy your life. Imagine living your life without fear of, exp of expressing your dreams. Without fear of expressing your dreams. Imagine living your life without the fear of being judged by others. Imagine living your life without judging others. Imagine living without the fear of loving and not being loved. Imagine living your life without being afraid to take a risk and to explore life. That it's all okay. There's nothing to fear. And imagine that you love yourself. That you love yourself just the way you are. Nothing to earn. Nothing that you have done to forgive yourself for believing that you ever did anything wrong. What power there is in that? To forgive yourself that you, for believing you ever did anything wrong. That you could have come no other way. That your soul, you were called to that experience so that you could move into the mastery and understand that that was just the facts then. But we choose in a new way today, in a powerful, wonderful way. And you're called to that as I am called to that. It's a beautiful thing. And so it is. Thank you.